Hi, Jonathan. So last week, we were talking about how WordPress.com cloned, essentially, cloned the WordPress.org plugin repository, right? Do you remember? I do. Of course, all of that is allowed and legal and fine. Plugin repo is on the internet. All the plugins are GPL. It's completely legal and nobody's really complaining about that other than the SEO impact, right? Sure. Yep. So I had this idea because even though it's legal and it's fine, it doesn't quite sit well with me, right? There's something about it that's like, I don't know about having my plugin being advertised on an external service, right? I don't know, like if, say, say WP Engine decided to do the same thing uh, and put my plugin as like a feature to sell their hosting product, uh, I feel a bit uncomfortable about that. You can understand why I feel uncomfortable, right? Well, it depends, Luke. Like if, could that lead to more installs for your plugin? Like, I guess it depends on what your goals are as a plugin author. Yeah, well, for my free plugin, installs is nice, but I the thing that makes me uncomfortable is the way that my plugin is being used to advertise somebody else's business as like a hook that I may for someone else's right. I see. maybe okay. I don't support their business, you know. And so I had this idea: we should put together a standard kind kind of working the same way as robots.txt, right? The or no okay. no tracking. Um, so where we just like in the plugin readme file have some at the very top you know, where we define the author and all of that, maybe we can have some sort of tag that's like, kind of like a robots uh, or a request not to track. And maybe hosts and other people who are duplicating the repo would respect that. You know, that, that it'd be opt-in, nobody would force them to do it. It would just be like, request not to duplicate this plugin outside of wordpress.org or duplicate the, the plugin readme file and talk about it. So... That's interesting, but I think it it kind of flies a bit in the face of like the whole concept of GPL. Like within the GPL context, like don't you want your work? Like it's intended to be duplicated. This is it's an interesting application to discuss, but that's a fairly explicit part of like the concept of creating the GPL piece of software. Yeah, so the GPL bit would absolutely still stand. You're free to distribute. And that's, that's like a, a big part of it. Redistribute right. the plugin and uh, have it on your own and change the code and um, fork it and do your own thing with it. None of that would change. But really, it's just about marketing the plugin. And ah, you know, GPL doesn't really cover marketing so much. And like, for example, let's, like you can just take a really extreme case. Like I would feel uncomfortable if, I don't know, the Taliban had a page on their website where they say, we use Luke's plugin. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Are, are they likely to respect your... Uh, your that, that, yeah, they're uh, probably not likely, document. and I can't force them to do anything, of course. But outside of that extreme, I think that a, a request not to market, a request not to list, maybe that might be honored by some hosting companies. So let's flip this around for a moment because first, no one else is doing it yet. I, I've been thinking about this. I spent some time reading. I read the entire terms of service, like the agreement for WordPress.com. And I've got a couple of thoughts on it. But for you as a plugin author, like what? So at the heart of what I'm hearing you be concerned about is basically your product being used to promote someone else's service, right? And, and just to give an example, I looked up Ninja Forms 
Ninja Forms has a free free version on WordPress.org. And when you search for Ninja Forms, two listings show up. There's the WordPress.org one on top and right underneath WordPress.com. And when you click on that, you, in order to install Ninja Forms, you, like you're describing, have to purchase a WordPress.com like business version, which is 320 bucks a year, give or take. Yeah. So um, like the SEO piece there, it should, it should be possible for Ninja Forms to make the decision. Maybe they decide, actually, this is great. We want to keep it like this. But they should have the decision about at least a request. We actually don't want to be on WordPress.com and we can't stop you from doing it. But actually, maybe with like, you can, maybe you can with like a trademark thing, stop them from well, doing so it. Well, so here's the thing. But- so I agree with you. And there's been some discussion on this. Matt was publicly on Twitter responding to some folks who were like, hey, yeah, if you want us to pull your listings, we can pull them. So what you're suggesting is that maybe there's a process for those who'd want to. I'd flip it around for a moment, though. And I'd suggest that for most authors, like, why not? And I'd rather like talk through like some of the ramifications of it, right? Now, I could see some negatives. Yeah, I know you'd rather do that. But hey, go ahead. But at least, at least we agree, don't we, that it's good to have the choice. Yes, I agree, do agree with that. That's probably what also sits a bit uncomfortable with me in this is that it would have been a ton of work. They probably it would have been a whole different process if they tried to opt in yeah. to like get developer get product owners like reach out to you and say, "Hey, Luke, we're getting ready to do this. Can we include you?" That would have been a very different experience versus what they did, which was legally fine, but sort of sits uncomfortable with people who woke up and said, "Oh, wow." And here's what's interesting, right? If you click on Ninja Forms who presumably weren't aware that this was happening. Yeah. They do they do a couple of things that are different than .org. At the very bottom, it shows related plugins and there you have Gravity Forms recommended. Mm. And it's recommended for but different. It's $12 a month for Gravity Forms, which you can then purchase directly through wordpress.com, which mm-hmm. is new. This is something uh, this is a, it's a different type of play than at least what I've observed having been done. Interesting. So you said earlier that you've been reading, sorry, I interrupted you and you said you'd been reading through the terms of service. Sounds boring. <laughs> it's actually not boring. I quite enjoyed it, but that could just be me. That's fair. Yeah. It's probably uh, so, okay. <laughs> so there's a couple of things that stood out to me. One, I want to give like kudos to whoever worked on this. Having been at automatic previously, one of the things I appreciate is just, just, um, uh, even things down to like legal documents, people care about it being like well done. And uh, I can see that a lot of work went into this. It's quite transparent. One of the things we value in WordPress is transparency. So it's not that long. It's pretty comprehensive. And there's quite a bit of detail in there that you can kind of easily miss. So that's the first thing I noticed is like, it didn't take me that long to get through it. And it's it's quite a bit. There's pretty clear expectations and they cover quite a few scenarios about what to do, what not to do. And one thing that I found especially interesting is that this, as I understand it, is a clear move to consolidate the WordPress.com and WooCommerce.com marketplaces mm. into a single agreement. So we're not seeing how that's actioning out yet, but like legally, they're making the moves. There was also a reference to WP Job Manager, which i that's some other product that Automatic has. I, anyway, it's an agreement that covers all three marketplaces. And so that's interesting to be thinking through that ultimately people who are thinking about WooCommerce, like this is the underpinnings of the same play across as I, as at least as the document reads. So it sounds like automatic are trying to build the app store for WordPress. 
Yes. How do we yes. feel about that? So I'm excited about it, actually. I mean, of, of course, you're excited about everything, but but really, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm here to, to give the pessimistic take on it. It's just... Okay. Do we like? Do we want automatic doing that though? Like anybody else? But so let's look at this through the product perspective. I suggest that get ready for it. There are three opportunities and three challenges that. Oh, well, are you going to submit this as a WordCamp talk? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. All right. What's the first? What's the first possibility? Give us. Give us the the juicy details. Uh, distribution, right? That's that's what's that's the big thing for a product author is that there's an opportunity to get your product in front of more. WordPress.com has a non-trivial audience. There's I don't know what the exact numbers are, but there's a lot of people have WordPress.com accounts. Yeah, but how many have paid WordPress.com accounts that can? Okay, yeah, right. It's non-trivial. Yeah, okay. There's distribution. Yeah, right. it's non-trivial. Yep. Sure. Um, there's a curious opportunity here. Like, I really appreciate the level of detail that went into the developer documentation, the support documentation. It's the first thing that I've seen anyone do in the vein of standards. It's there's some interesting challenges in what I'm seeing there, but like there's some clear like, hey, if you're going to be here and participating, we expect you to follow these guidelines on how you handle support and, and how you handle like your developer documentation, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, okay, good. It's good to see some moves in this direction of like having clear expectations for someone who's wanting to come in and play in the space. I have mixed feelings about the next, which is that I feel like there's a, there's at least an opportunity. We've gotten sidetracked. What are the, the first one is distribution. The second one is standards. Like there's some, there's this opportunity for there to be some standards that come out of this. And you're just, it sounded like you're about to go into a challenge, but we're waiting for the third opportunity. No, the third. Okay. The third is this. And I'm not sure if it's a challenge. I'm on the fence on this one. <laughs> is, is that .org is a potential beneficiary of this. Like as I look at .org, the .org pages now, like being at automatic, it's like .org is a potential beneficiary of this. It's like, we really should, like the idea of related plugins could be interesting to explore on .org. It's uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but there there's an opportunity objectively for people working on .org to benefit from what's being worked on on .com. This is has been the intended pattern in the past with things like Calypso going into Gutenberg, etc. So I see it as an opportunity. Huh. Well, I mean, fine. <laughs> okay, but I'm not I'm not across WordPress.com. It's been years since I've used WordPress.com, and my sure. memory of it is that it was all Calypso-ish and not very WordPressy. But let me let me put it this way. Yeah. The onboarding experience for .com as I went through as an end user, I was like, "Hey, there's like good stuff being done here." I enjoyed like how straightforward and I could see some of the attention to detail. It right. was very it was and better than most. Did it feel hosts. like WordPress or did it feel like something on top of WordPress? Like did it feel like a separate app to WordPress? I didn't get that far into the process. So, let's touch on the challenges. I think we'll probably agree the more there. <laughs> I just was going to address that last point is that it can benefit WordPress.org. I've spent a lot of time in the code base that runs the plugins directory and other parts of WordPress.org. And I can tell you that there's only one or two people working on it. And making changes to it is very complicated and difficult because it relies on old code and has lots of dependencies. And it's just not easy to update. It's just not easy to change. And so... Being able to take features from one platform, who knows how it's built? Maybe it's not even using WordPress 
uh, at all for the for the automatic sure. WordPress.com yeah. plugin directory, which would make sense. I wouldn't use WordPress to create a plugin directory and apply that to the existing .org directory. I think people underestimate just how challenging it is to make con- considerable changes there. That's fair. Speaking of challenges, there's a few that stand out to me. The first is that this participation in this marketplace, participate participation in this marketplace is going to have limited reach. I can't imagine hosts partnering with this. So this lets you reach wordpress.com and my, as I understand, WooCommerce.com in the future, but it's going to have reach limited to Automatic's ecosystem. There's a bigger problem in my mind of conflicting objectives here. One of the things that the agreement points out is that if you touch on any, if you have any type of product that uh, earns revenue based on transaction volume, that requires a separate agreement than that agreement because the split is like a 70 30 split on sales but if you start to do anything that that's a product that has different volume or or gets compensated based on what the end user does and to me that i understand why they're doing that because of how they make money with woocommerce with the woocommerce product and and everything else but it's like okay we're kind of conflating objectives here you want to spell that out what's that well, like the way that WooCommerce makes a lot of money is through WooCommerce Pay. Yes, through WooCommerce payments, exactly. And there and there's agreements that are tied to transaction volume, and it makes sense. But this, to me, is where we're starting to get into like the third challenge, which is there's a limited alignment of interests here. One other example that showed up in the agreement is that they have a similar products clause that gives them the ability to say, "Hey, we can make a similar product at any time." So while you have the reach to their audience, there are some conflicts there with like how automatic as a business is operating and trying to grow that makes it not as straightforward as it might seem. They're not just a hosting business. I know it was a lifetime ago, but this exact thing happened to me where we uh, submitted a plugin to WooCommerce, the plugin, the WooCommerce directory. Uh, It was called Store Exported Deluxe. It helped to export your WooCommerce store. They weren't, it was the early days. So they, they hadn't yet had systems set up to be able to give us reports on how many sales we were getting. And we continually asked for that because it was part of the agreement that was supposed to provide it to us. And they never did. So we requested that they take our product off their store. And they said, sure, we will. And they took it off and then they forked it and then they put it right back on. My conclusion at the moment, based on what I'm seeing so far, is that product authors who are wanting to get more distribution, it's worth trying it out. It's worth like taking a closer look at what they've done and seeing if there's value in it. 